Hello and welcome to the Parish Podcast of St. Anthony of Padua Catholic Church in the Woodlands, Texas. We're excited to share with you Sunday at St. Anthony's, a homily message from this past weekend that we hope you'll find enlightening. Thanks for tuning in and praying with us. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your belongings and give alms. Provide money bags for yourselves that do not wear out, an inexhaustible treasure in heaven that no thief can reach nor moth destroy. For where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. Gird your loins and light your lamps and be like servants who await their master's return from a wedding, ready to open immediately when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds vigilant on his arrival. Amen, I say to you, he will gird himself, have them recline at table, and proceed to wait on them. And should he come in the second or third watch and find them prepared in this way, blessed are those servants. Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. Then Peter said, Lord, is this parable meant for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, Who then is the faithful and prudent steward whom the master will put in charge of his servants to distribute the food allowance at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master on arrival finds doing so. Truly I say to you, the master will put the servant in charge of all his property. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming, and begins to beat the men servants and the maid servants to eat and drink and get drunk, then that servant's master will come on an unexpected day and at an unknown hour and will punish the servant severely and assign him a place with the unfaithful. That servant who knew his master's will but did not make preparations nor act in accord with his will shall be beaten severely. And the servant who was ignorant of his master's will but acted in a way deserving of a severe beating shall be beaten only lightly. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. The Gospel of the Lord. When I was in sixth grade, one day my teacher in reading was absent, and so we had a substitute teacher. Now, the poor substitute arrived on a day when everybody in my class was very chatty, and I was part of that problem. When a regular teacher returned, she started class by explaining her frustration and disappointment that we treated the substitute so poorly. She also informed us that the substitute wrote down names. She was going to call the names of those who misbehaved and they would all be given detention. So I sat there as she called out the names one by one and I waited for the doom to fall. When she got to the end of the list, my name wasn't called. However, one of my friends was very frustrated that he didn't do anything wrong, but he got detention. 
Apparently, the sub wrote his name instead of mine. Let's just say I didn't feel the need to get any, involved any further than I already was. So I let the situation go. Now, a couple of weeks later, I was talking to my teacher, and she asked me out of the blue, why didn't you tell me that you were the person that misbehaved for the substitute? Now, if I was a cool customer, I would have played it off and said, what? What in the world are you talking about? Instead, I just started blubbering excuses. Now, I felt terrible that I didn't admit to it, and I felt even worse that my beloved teacher noticed. And why did she care? And why did I feel bad? That's because she had a higher expectation of me, and I spewed my guilt because I had higher expectations of myself. Now, today is a day when the readings talk to us about God's expectations of us. The last line we heard in the gospel said, much will be required of the person entrusted with much, and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. So let's look at those expectations by considering three questions. First, what's the big deal? Second, how do I pray? And third, how do I act? So first, God has expectations of us, but so what? What's the big deal? We might say to ourselves, when I die, I'm going to heaven anyway. But let's be clear about this point to start. Catholic teaching is very clear. God is the judge of us. We don't judge ourselves. The Catechism of the Catholic Church tells us that each person receives his or her eternal retribution in their immortal soul at the very moment of death. So God is the judge, and he has expectations. So yes, this is a big deal. The importance of this is emphasized in our readings today. Our second reading talked all about Abraham's journey. He was sent away from his home to a foreign country, and he lived out of a tent instead of out of a house. He risked his well-being and even his life by traveling. In fact, the letter called Abraham at one point as good as dead. The reading mentions the possible sacrifice of his son Isaac. And all of this trouble was put not just on Abraham, but every one of his countless descendants who were now at risk. All of that's to say God's expectations are a matter of life and death. There's also urgency. Jesus told us today, you also must be prepared for at an hour you do not expect the Son of Man will come. And then finally, Peter asks a question of Jesus, and I'm sure he was open for a different answer. Lord, is this parable meant for us or for everyone? And Jesus, of course, extends the parable to make it clear. Yes, Peter, this is for everyone. So to summarize this first point, God has expectations. They're a matter of life and death. They're urgent. And they're meant for you and for me. So second, if this is such a big deal, we all better do something, right? Then let's ask, how do I pray? Let's go to the first reading for the answer. It mentions the salvation of the just and the destruction of God's foes. In particular, it references the original Passover. So let's recall that story for a moment. The Israelites, remember, were slaves in Egypt. And under God's instruction, Moses went to the king, the Pharaoh, and asked for their freedom. Now, even after God sent several plagues to prove his power, the stubborn Pharaoh refused to comply. 
Finally, God gave instructions to his people. He said, get a lamb, kill it, roast it, and eat it along with unleavened bread and herbs. Eat it like a people in flight. Put the lamb's blood on your door. On that night, the firstborn of every family died unless they had followed the instructions given by God. So that meant the death of many of the Egyptians. And because of the tragedy that the Egyptians endured, the Pharaoh finally let the Israelites free. So on a Sunday when the gospel tells us to be prepared for God's coming, why would we include a reference back to the Passover? Because it's a reminder of God's expectations. This is a matter of life and death. It's urgent. It's about me. So at Passover, God had expectations of the people. He has expectations of people now. Does that mean we need to go shopping for a lamb? And the answer, of course, is no. It's already been done for us. Recall that we call Jesus the Lamb of God. That title is not an accident. He was killed. At communion, we eat what is truly the body of Jesus. We eat the Lamb of God so that we're freed like the Israelites from slavery and from death. In a few moments when Father David prays that long prayer while you're all kneeling, realize what's happening. He's invoking the power of God to give us this lamb that will set us free. Let's enter into that prayer deeply, realizing that we're expected to do so by our Father. So third, let's also ask, how do I act to meet the expectations of God? Jesus told us today, gird your loins and light your lamps. Now that's some Bible phraseology that might evade us, Gird your loins is an expression for how people would prepare for travel or to do work. And light your lamps implies that these people are going to go looking for something. God's expectation is that we prepare for his coming eagerly by doing his work. We pray here at Mass, and then we're sent forth to do work. All four of the Mass dismissals start with the same word, go. Mass is not a place where we come just to sit here and make ourselves feel good. We come here to worship and then prepare for our calling. Our calling to go out on mission. Our calling to go out and evangelize. Now when we Catholics hear that word, sometimes evangelize, we might think to ourselves, is he saying all of us are supposed to go out and evangelize? And I'll give you the same answer that Jesus gave Peter. Yes, we're all supposed to leave here and bring others closer to God. It's not just a job for deacons. It's not just a job for priests. It's your job too. This is a time of year when college students are headed to their, headed to their campuses, and I know many have already left. Um, if any of you are here, I know there's at least one or two I saw, I'll let you know that we worry about you. We've seen you grow up in your faith, and we say to ourselves as you leave, I hope they don't lose their faith at college like so many people do. So I'm going to raise the bar in that statement. I'm not just going to say, I hope you don't lose your faith. I hope you meet God's expectation. I hope you go to college and evangelize others, bring others closer to God. I hope you take this trip to college as your mission from God. 
And for all of us, we should recall that, that very last line of the gospel. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much, and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. Well, y'all, we're a wealthy parish. As a group, we've been given good education. We've had privileges and opportunities that many others don't, and we have lots of money. God has entrusted us with all these gifts. Therefore, he requires and demands more of us. So what are you going to do about that? I have at least one suggestion. Our country recently ended the national legalization of abortion, and that means more moms are going to have babies. Now, if you pay attention to the news, you'll notice Christians have been accused of not caring for babies that are born or not caring for the mothers who have those babies. If we've been entrusted with so much and we're doing nothing for those mothers and for those babies, our accusers are correct. Even more so, we're abandoning the expectations of God who calls us to gird our loins and light our lamps and to go help them. So you may have noticed on the way in today, the parish is hosting a baby shower. And the point of the baby shower is to collect gifts and donations for moms in need. So if you want to immediately begin to meet God's expectations of you, that's a convenient start. Go and support that event. And my teacher valued me as a person, so she had expectations of me, and maybe more than I expected of myself. God values and loves us more than we can possibly imagine. So he has expectations of us as well, likely more than we think we're capable of. However, he knows we can do it. He knows that you are his child, and he has made you in his image. Now he calls you to live up to his family name. So let's make our challenge for this week to realize the urgency and importance of God's call, to know that we've been given much and much is expected of us. In answer, let's pray with, with Father David as the bread becomes the Eucharist, the body and blood of our Lord Jesus. And let's gird our loins and light our lamps, going out to work for God's kingdom. St. Anthony of Padua.